This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Yeah, no, and it feels good, obviously, uh, seeing Winnipeg lose and getting closer to a playoff spot. Uh, we know we still got to be a lot more consistent and play a lot better uh, every night. And uh, um, But today was a, was a big game from us and a step forward. Little shade from Michael Backlund of the Calgary Flames Shady. yesterday uh, after the game. Uh, of course, the, the the Flames moving up within three points of the Winnipeg Jets for that final wild card spot. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights uh, seven to two yesterday. But I heard Slim that. Shady from I saw that clip. Shady. Yeah, feels good seeing Winnipeg loses um, and Winnipeg uh, lost. They got shut out last night uh, by the Boston Bruins three uh, nothing um, again. I mean, I feel like a broken record every single day after the after the show here, Jim, um, or, or or during the show, and you know, a, a, another pretty solid, strong effort from the Winnipeg Jets, um, where a couple of mistakes and a few errors uh, cost them uh, points, and it happened once again. Um, that that first goal, a lot of the times. Um, when you see this happen, it, it's hard to pinpoint exactly who missed a read, who missed their spot, who missed their guy. That one was 55. Uh, let the guy open, and and, and I appreciate uh, Nate Schmidt during it uh, pointing that out. Um, saying that, having said that, um, I thought Mark Scheifele had a really good game yesterday. I thought he had a great response, um, and I thought he had a real, real strong effort where he created a lot of offense. Him and him and, and, and Cal Connor, um, I thought, had a really, really good game together. Uh, but um, you know more of these concerns, unable to, to to find the back of the net. I don't know what else they can do. Uh, Casey had some real good looks, but just couldn't just couldn't squeeze one. Uh, Kyle Connor still hasn't scored since February 28th against LA. He's only got three goals since the 24th of January. Um, and him and Shifley over the last 11 games uh, are both are both minus 11 since the game against Colorado. So. Um, step in the right direction, no doubt. But, I mean, I keep hearing that, Jim. I mean, is there steps in the right direction? Is still building towards things? And, yeah. So and, I mean, is, is he, are there moral efforts? Is there moral no, victories no. anymore? I don't think so. No, there's no I think, moral I think victories. we're beyond. I keep hearing, oh, we're building towards something. It's a step. That's done. There's, we're, there's four, 13 games left in the season. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's the hole they dug themselves. dug themselves. And they had such a great first three months that they were allowed to do this for 15 games. The problem is, is it's going longer than that. Yeah. And now they're in a dangerous position where they're still not out of the playoffs, and it makes for an, a, a huge game tomorrow afternoon against Nashville. Huge. The schedule gets a little lighter, but that's the the what they have not allotted themselves with this poor two months that they've been on since December, early January, is is the fact that they don't have a lot of leeway right now. So I agree with you. Like, I liked everything about the game. They held the Boston Bruins, the, the team that gets the most shots on net per game, to 23 shots on net. Yeah. That's outstanding. They did. They did. Um, but it's, it's once again, unfortunately, what I've been seeing for the past five or six games, when this team, even in victories in Florida play well, they shoot themselves in the foot. They yep. make their own mistakes. Now, Boston's a very good team, but to leave a guy that wide open in the first minute, it's inexcusable. Yeah. And I agree with you. I think Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor were flying last night. They were engaged, and and they wanted to be difference makers, and, and it just wasn't there for them. 
I like Christian O'Malley. He said this a week ago after a post game against San Jose. If this game was in November, I'll I'll equate that to last night. If this yeah. game was in November or December, you'd be happy with it. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, "That's the Boston Bruins." Go back to the last you time you outshot them. them. Yeah. You made a couple m- mistakes that cost you, but other than that, you played really well. The problem is, is they've been doing that for the last six games and only have two wins to show it, for. It feels like the. the the margin of error is so they don't even thin. have that extra overtime point, right? Like yeah. if in the last six games with how good they've played, they've only got four points out of those six games. Yeah. And if you could get to an overtime with one of them, well, no, they pulled one out of San Jose. Well, San Jose, yeah, I should. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Forgive me. San Jose, they did get the one there. So five points, but um, look, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say too. I know it's free for all Friday. We'll hear from the listeners at seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight on the text line, yeah. but um, they're they're playing good hockey. Uh, if you continue this, you will be victorious more often than not. The problem is, is you don't have a lot of not left. The, run, the runway is running out. The runway is running out. So yeah. it, it's a massive game. I think the discussion now has you know gone from can you finish third in the in the central? Can you finish second? Yeah. It's now gone to can you solidify a playoff spot? Yeah. One of the two playoff spots in the wild card, and and they can Cam. Like I think that, you know, they get a victory in Nashville, and then their schedule gets real light. They have another one with Nashville. They control their own destiny. You need to at least split those two, at least. But you better get three or four, mm-hmm. and preferably four, and then you go forward. But again, I'm watching them play last night, and this is not a bad team. No, and yet. They are struggling. They're struggling to score goals, and their power play continues to struggle. They defend well. They move up and down the ice well. Um, I thought, you know, if we're talking about people who had good games, I thought Shifley, Connor, Niederreiter. um, I did not like Nick Ehlers' game last night again, but he he continues to, you know, and, and I get, look, the zone entries, that's great, and then what happens? And it went back the other way and went in their own net. And you can't do that. Nick Ehlers can't. And, and he said, yeah. sorry to just continue on that. Yeah. And and I'm not, like, he's played well the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. And we've said that. But it just seems like they can't seem to get a game where everybody is is going well. The team played well in Carolina. They had that bad line. The team played well last night. I didn't care for Nick Ehlers gaining the zone three times I counted once it went back in their own net but three times and then it's just a turnover he he just Nick Ehlers can't be a black hole of offense and when he plays like he did yesterday that's what he becomes he he just he just goes into the zone and and the thing that I keep seeing Jim is there's just like nobody knows what he's doing with the puck it's like the whole team is seeing him flying on the ice and when he's pulling defensemen to him and he's going around the net, I mean, that's what Nick Ehlers needs to do. Well, even when he's, his nickname's Fly, even when he was flying in the zone last night, he flies in the zone. But he, he and there's, there's a lane to the net, there's a lane to the corner. He goes to dump it in the corner and hits a Bruin. He, 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 you he, can't do that. He creates turnovers because his teammates don't know what he's doing. It's, it's, he's doing a drop pass. Uh, I mean, how many of these? How many of these passes? These drop passes where, or he'll do a back a backhand pass or something like that. Where the team the backhand just, passes have to go. I he, cannot stand his, those his, anymore. His teammates don't know what he's doing. How many of those passes are we seeing getting fumbled? This is the time of the year because you're not going to do that in the playoffs, right? You can't. You get eaten and, alive. And so, and and I've had it goes back to the days of Maurice. Like when what you're doing in December, January matters. 
because that's when I started seeing the, the the team got healthy again, the seven guys got back in the lineup, and all of a sudden we see the behind-the-back passes and the blind passes to the point, and they just go the other way. And you cannot play like that in the playoffs, and it starts there. If, you, if it creeps into your game, you've got to get it out by January, February. And now we're into March, and we saw exactly what happened in a playoff-type game last night. In a playoff-type game, it went the other way, and it's buried. And and that's a playoff game last night. Yep. You give up an early goal, which you cannot in the playoffs. You fight and scrape and play really well to get back into it. And you hit some posts and you just can't. And then the team gets another one. And against a team like that in the playoffs, it's just over. Yep. It No matter what you pour out, no matter how many power plays you get, it takes a really special team to overcome that against a team like Boston in the playoffs. Yeah, especially when it, when it was going into, and this is how I was feeling watching the game, when it was going into the third period, they were down 2-0. Well, I'm like, I thought, they have one heck of an uphill ride to go here. I mean, Boston's only not been able to pull two points out of three games this year. They've only won one game in regulation where they were leading going into the To third the point period. I'm trying to make, when they, when they got, like the second was okay, but when they got to the third, that was a different Boston team, right? Oh, they, they just they were up two nothing, and it's it's closed down go time. They swallowed the Jets, and, up, and not 100%. only swallowed, but they were all over. Them. Oh god, they were yeah. just like these guys are going to try and press. So here's what we're going to do: we're going to play in their end while they're trying to press. Yep. And it was just a it, to me that was a Boston Bruin playoff game. That's what you're going to see from them in the playoffs. That's how it's going to be tough to beat them in the playoffs. And and all that being said, I, I like the pushback, I like the punch, but again, it's just you shoot yourself in the foot with that first goal. Yeah, that, that and then they were and it's they just were chasing, it's a climb uphill and, and chasing the game immediately. And that's credit just, for the yeah. fight, but that's how tough it is right now. So you go into Nashville tomorrow, you got to get a win. You see how they play, but they're playing right. And I know, like, it's got to be frustrating for the players. It's got to be frustrating for the coaches. There's mm-hmm. not a lot more you can do other than shore up those mistakes. But the overall team play up and down the ice for five or six games, I would be pretty happy with. Yeah. The problem is, is you're just snake bitten now and not getting the results. You got five out of five out of twelve possible points here over the last six. That might be my new catchphrase. If this was a game in November. You'd be all right with that. <laughs> you know, Sway- Swayman was pretty good in net. Like, he was solid. Yeah. He was exactly what Boston needed him to be last night. He wasn't a superstar, but this is like, I just keep, we keep seeing this from the Jets over the last little bit. It's like they keep getting goalied, but are they making it hard enough on the gold, on, the, on their Well, last night I thought they did. The difference is the team in front of him. Like, and, and Swayman, I heard his post game on our post game here on 680 CGOB. And, and he said, you know, he loves being that busy. He would prefer being that busy every night with that many shots. But he said, that's what our team is. Like, that's a team. It doesn't matter who's in net. They're going to play that way. And um, he knows that, right? So he was actually happy with all the shots he was taking because he doesn't usually get that from the style Boston plays. Yeah. And he's like, I felt his quote, and I'm paraphrasing, literally was, I felt more involved in the game like I was helping do something <laughs> because I got that many shots. That's what his quote was. Because that's the way that team plays. So I thought there's way more positives than negatives. The problem is, is the big negative was the lack of points. Yeah, and it all tees up a massive game on Saturday. Nashville, of course, again, uh, three games in hand on the Winnipeg Jets. They're four back. Uh, they lost last night to Chicago 2-1, which was a huge result for the Winnipeg Jets here. The pregame, it's an early afternoon game, 11 o'clock pregame show, uh, 
Puck drop at one right here on 680. CJ I hope Kelly Moore's buying breakfast for that pregame. Wow. Well, he'll, Get off he, the he's wall feeling good. He's feeling good. Yeah. Um, Waffles. To tee up that game. No Cheerios. No no, always Cheerios. Uh, Robbie Stanley, host of the Robbie and Rex Road Show on 102.5, the game in Nashville. He's going to be joining us. As, he's also a Predators reporter. He's going to be joining us at 1230 to help tee up this game. It's a playoff. It's a playoff-esque. It's not a playoff game. I can't physically say it's a playoff game. It's playoff-esque. It's as close to a playoff game as you can get. Biggest game of the year so far? Absolutely. <laughs> we'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Happy St. Patrick's Day. The one-minute power play on St. Patrick's Day with Sarah McCarthy. You need to have (laughs) corned beef and cabbage. No, shepherd's pie. And a potato sandwich. (laughs) It's delightful. Jim, have you ever had a potato sandwich? No. It's delicious. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's from... That's uh, pretty good. Yeah, that's from my friend uh, Ward brothers and sisters. Anthony yeah. is in there too, but their dad Cecil used to say that to me all the time. It's a good, go. a good piece of advice, um, Sarah. Happy St. Patty's Day to you. I'm half Irish, but it's the top half. <laughs> yeah, that's my. I've been doing that joke um, my whole life because I am half Irish, and it kills yeah. every time. Half. Oh, the I, top does half. it kill? Does it? <laughs> Sarah laughed. It was, yeah. it was okay. I mean, you didn't laugh. I don't even get it. But you're dead inside. So. Yeah, oh I, am, I, am, I am dead. I Happy St. Had... Patrick's Day to you, my, too. My brother did a... Um, <laughs> my brother did... Uh, um, my brother did like one of those genealogies, and I am Irish to some extent. Not hey. half Irish, Me but... Me as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're all we Irish are. a little bit here today. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. I'm told that we can drink on the air today if you're part Irish. Mm. I thought that was every day at this radio that's station. That's a stereotype. I'm, jo- I'm totally joking. <laughs> that, I do not do that. That's a stereotype that really, um, as a half-Irish person, I don't mind at all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you got to laugh at me on that one, Jim. Well, we yeah. don't like to have a cold one? I we, do. I do, yeah. It's the warm ones that I don't like that Mm-mm. my Irish relatives love, the warm. Yeah, lukewarm, certain beers. You I like think. a Guinness, don't no. you? Oh, I love Guinness. Sarah, question of the day mm-hmm. on the power play is, do you like Guinness? That's it? Yes. Oh, I thought you were, were going to say something else. I love Guinness. Well, I'm yes. waiting for you to answer. Yes, yes. And then I was going to follow up with, and does it taste like gravy? Does it go down like gravy? I've never well, tasted like gravy listen, or go listen. down like gravy. Thick, malty. As, as far as I'm concerned, this is not up for debate. You may have certain tastes mm-hmm. that may disagree with this, but Guinness is the greatest beer ever made. It's oh, good. Oh, wow. Yes. It's Absolutely. good. I wouldn't say that. It's good, it's good. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, no. It's up to per, up to personal people. Will have yep. personal different preferences, and up to them, it will so not Sarah, be. But it is the greatest beer ever brewed. Top three, top five, top ten. You In say the, it's good, like the five. So top if you're five. killing five beers tonight, <laughs> Guinness oh will be one of them. I will be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Sarah. your one minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. Thank Happy St. Patrick's Happy Day. Happy St. Pat's. Uh, and you know it's, we're leading into a very very big game tonight uh, or tomorrow. Oh God! See, I'm just my head's in. It's it's that Guinness. It's all that Guinness, Jim. All that Guinness talks got my head a little fuzzy. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, big game tomorrow afternoon. Winnipeg Jets pregame show gets going at eleven o'clock. Um, uh, uh, puck drop at one o'clock here. And the Winnipeg Jets are going to be taking on this like always big games against the Nashville Predators. 
It always seems that when the Winnipeg Jets need a win or the whole situation is coming to a head, it always seems that the Nashville Predators uh, are are right there and it's leading up to a real big match. And we bring it on to the show right now. Uh, Robbie Stanley, host of Robbie and Rex Road on 102.5, the game in Nashville, also a Predators reporter, a contributor to the show as well. Always happy to have Robbie on the program. Hey, Robbie, how's it going? Hey, guys, really good. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, always a pleasure, man. Um so, I mean, you know, the conventional look at what happened to the Nashville Predators uh, at the trade deadline, I mean, losing Tanner Janot to a King's Ransom, I don't know who would ever make that trade, and it, who would never make that trade. I don't, I don't care. You offer me almost anybody, I'll trade that. I'll make, I'll make that trade. So you lose Tanner Janot. You lose Nino Nita Riders now with the Winnipeg Jets. He's going to be uh, in town back in Nashville tomorrow. Uh, you, uh, Mikhail Granlin's on, on his way out. He goes to Pittsburgh. Uh, Matthias Ekholm, he's... Uh, at Edmonton Oilers, you should when you see that, and and the fact that the Nashville Predators were sellers, conventional wisdom tells you well they should be in a free fall or at least losing. But uh, the team has had a real good stretch over the last ten games. They have. They played really well, and, and a lot of that's come on the road. They just went on a road trip that started in South Florida, ended up in Vancouver. You started going. I mean, you went through L.A., you went through Arizona. It was a long road trip. And they went 4-1-1 one one on that trip. They come back home. They get a win against Detroit. And then last night, uh, they blow one against Chicago. Now, look, the Predators, they were pretty bad last night. It kind of looked like they hit a wall. And I don't know if that was because of the travel or because of the fatigue or what it was. But they just uh, weren't very good last night against Chicago. But other than that, they, they've really been playing pretty well lately. And the wins have been coming. And they've gotten much younger with their lineup. They've called up a lot of, a lot of guys from the AHL. Uh, some younger prospects, but they've been winning. Now, I will say, this part of their schedule, beyond the travel part of it, the quality of competition has not been great, and that's about to change pretty rapidly starting tomorrow against Winnipeg. So along those lines, Robbie, um, what has gone so well since the trade deadline when they basically look like they were just calling it a season? Yeah, it's it's been a couple of things. Number one, I think some of the younger guys that have come up have surprised them with how well they played from the start. I mean, Luke Evangelista, it's his first year of pro hockey, and he played really well, was an AHL all-star, and has come up, and over the last handful of games, has looked pretty good out there. And Tommy Novak, who started the year and wasn't really on the Predators' radar in terms of making the team out of camp, he was the leading scorer in Milwaukee. They brought him up, and he's got 28 points in 35 games. And you're talking about a guy that traditionally has been a bottom six player. So they've had some guys kind of come out of nowhere. You know, Philip Tomasino's played well since he's come up. Cody Glass has been pretty consistent for them all season long since he's taken over a top six role. And beyond that, they, they've got UC Saros in net, and he continues to be really good. Roman Yossi has been outstanding for the past, I don't know, 15, 20 games, maybe even more so than he normally is. And, you know, Philip Forsberg's out of the lineup. Ryan McDonough's out of the lineup right now. Alex Carrier's out. They're missing some key guys in addition to those that you mentioned that they traded off. But these young guys have come in, and they've played hard. I think they brought some energy. And, and quite frankly, like, I, I think when, when they made the decision to, to sell at the deadline, it just kind of lifted the pressure off. They're, they're playing a little bit more free out there, and I think that's led to uh, some better results for them. Yeah, I'm just looking at Nashville's schedule over the rest of their their season. It, it they're facing some real, real tough teams. We'll get into that later on uh, in in the program. But what's the mentality of this team? I mean, they're playing loose. Um, they certainly are believers that they that they are a team that can make the playoffs. Uh, what what do you think? they what do you read their mindset at right now? 
it's really interesting because the fan base and the team, I think, are kind of at two different spots. Like the fan base was clamoring for this this organization to sell. They, you know, they've made the playoffs eight years in a row. They've been past the second round one time during that stretch. That, of course, was when they got to the Stanley Cup final in 2017. And it's been year after year, especially the last three or four years, of just being good enough to squeak into the playoffs mm. and getting either beat by Carolina in six games or getting waxed by Colorado last year. Like, that's basically what it's been. And the fan base has grown tired of that. And they wanted to, to see this team fell off, kind of change up the core a little bit and see if maybe a couple of step back, steps back uh, leads to deeper results in the playoffs as they move forward maybe a couple of years from now. So that, that's where the fan base is. The team, I, I think ever since they've sold those guys off, guys like Duchesne and Yossi and Soros, they've talked about it. There's, there's a chip on their shoulder. You know, they, they know that management is going in a different direction, but they still believe they can make the playoffs and they're fighting tooth and nail to do so. I, I'm not convinced that they're a playoff-quality team, but they've certainly impressed me with the way that they played the last couple of weeks. And now the challenge is going to be, can they keep that up as the quality of competition starts to increase as they move forward? That's what's fascinating about tomorrow's game and just the last yeah. 14, 15 games is there's a couple teams here that are putting a lot of pressure on some teams that should be in the playoffs and they're teams that might not, maybe should be in the playoffs. And that's what makes it such a great storyline. Robbie, what do you make of this game tomorrow? And, and how's the atmosphere, do you feel? It's going to be an afternoon game, Central Division rival, but with all that's at stake, I would imagine it's going to be a madhouse down there. Oh, it's going to be rocking at Bridgestone tomorrow. I don't think there's any question. I mean, it's, it's the Winnipeg Jets. There's still a, a big rivalry there with Predators fans. It's a Saturday afternoon in Nashville. Broadway is going to be hopping outside the arena. I can guarantee that. So, uh, people, you guys, you guys talking about Guinness earlier? Probably going to be a few of those in there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple. Of them. We should, we should maybe, we should maybe come down. Hey, we should maybe come down and, and stay with you and just. I'll just take my private jet. I'll be down there by the end, by the end of the day. Yeah, come on down. Hop on the plane. Get on down here. It should be awesome tomorrow. It's no, it's, it's it's a huge game. You know, I, I think. The Predators' loss to Chicago last night kind of took some of it away from the fan base because, you know, had the Predators won that game, you're two points back of Winnipeg with a chance to tie them tomorrow uh, with three games at hand. I think the Predators fans were really looking forward to that. So kind of a punch to the gut last night that they lost to the Blackhawks. But, I mean, still, the Predators are four points back of the Jets. They've got three games at hand. If you win that game, if you're Nashville tomorrow in regulation, all of a sudden you're starting to believe a little bit. So I think it's going to be a great environment. I think it's going to be a playoff-like environment at Bridgestone Arena. And I'm really interested to see how this young group, the Predators, who a lot of these guys haven't been in this situation before, I'm interested to see how they handle that. Yeah, just one one more for you, Rob, before we let you go. Uh, beyond this year, playoffs or not, whether this team is going to be headed to the postseason or not, I think tonight's game um, is, is obviously going to play a role in that. I don't think it's the B-end and end-all. There's still going to be over 10 games left and, and lots of games left for the Predators, more than the more than the Winnipeg Jets. But what do you, what do you think the summer is going to look like? I mean, they got 10 picks in the first two rounds uh, this year. I, I, I'm is, is there going to be a chance to move some of those? Or is it going to be uh, more of this sort of David Poyle situation where, uh, like, I, I remember last year, I think it was a, a sort of a soft rebuild or a competitive rebuild. Is it going to be more of that, or is it going to be more of a, you know, we're going to be really looking to, to change things over when Barry Trotz kind of takes over as GM? I, I think there's a good chance that, that they can make some significant changes. And, you know, Barry Trotz has taken over, like you said, coming up on July 1st. So David Poyle going to be the general manager through the draft. But, 
you know, they've, they've done really a good job in the last couple of weeks of stockpiling a lot of assets. And they talked about it. I mean, they're going to use some of those like you would and just in the draft, but they're also, you know, you can do a lot of things. Now you've created cap space. There's free agents. You could go acquire. There's trades that you could put yourself in a position to make that maybe this time, three weeks ago, you didn't have the capital in order to do it. And now they do. So I think there's a chance that they could make some big changes. And I'll tell you this, like at some point to me, they're going to have to make a decision at goalie. And it doesn't necessarily have to be now. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this off season, but you got UC Soros who is really, really good, yeah. but they also have a kid, a kid named Yaroslav Askarov who they drafted in the first round a couple of years ago, who is really good. And at some point I think he's going to be ready to be their franchise guy. And, I, I wonder what happens with Soros when that time comes. Yeah, I mean, the rumor mill was the L.A. Kings during the deadline. They were going hard for Soros, but uh, um, settling in, um, uh, making a move and picking up uh, uh, Corpus Allo from the, uh, from the, from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Anyways, Robbie Stanley, host of the Robbie and Rex Road Show on 102.5 The Game in Nashville. Predators reporter, he'll be, uh, he'll be in the barn on Saturday. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. All right. Thanks a lot, Robbie. Take care, okay? Thanks, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Robbie. Enjoy the game. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me. Let's take a break. Let's come back. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Pre-game show at 11. Puck drop at 1 right here on 680 CJOB. Early Saturday game. Winnipeg Jets and Nashville. Classic matchup between uh, these two rivals. It's always sort of a little a little funny that that one of the main rivals in the and, – and I think the Canadian teams will always take – the cake. There's always something else when the Winnipeg Jets play the Leafs or the Oilers or the Flames or the Canucks or um, the Habs or something. There's just something about two Canadian teams. There's always going to be that rivalry when they go face-to-face. Yeah. But when it comes to the Central Division, um, Nashville and Minnesota, I think, are those are those two teams that, you know, it's it's they're, they're the big rivals and they always match up well and it's going to be a good game on Saturday. It's going to be an outstanding game. I, yeah. The environment, the atmosphere, and really... I mean, the dictation of how the game goes will be, you know, period to period, shift to shift. It really will be like a playoff game tomorrow. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. More Jets at Noon after this. Jets at Noon on 680 CJOB. A couple text messages here, Free For All Friday. Uh, This one from Melody I really liked. Uh, Text the show, how many times have the Jets, and in particular Bucky, let in the first shot of the game? Seems like it happens a lot. And we fall apart after the player uh, break every year, three different seasons, three different coaches, and yet same result. Hard to stay positive when you see no change. That's well, reality. Look, that's a great point because yeah, from game thir- 25 to 30, yeah. after the break when it gets tougher, this team struggles. And that's why it's ominous to me with this core. It, bang on. It's the third head coach. Yeah. And, and we can say that – um, you know, Dave Lowry was only here for a couple months. He was. But Paul Maurice sat down Mark Shifley on Hockey Night in Canada a couple of years ago mm-hmm. on a Saturday night national game. Dave Lowry sat down Mark Shifley and some others in his short tenure since taking over. Rick Bonus has now done it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why I was looking at last night's game. It, 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 there comes a time where... And I'm not saying they don't have it in them. What I am saying is the mixture, something like this. There's a lot riding on this last part of the season into the off season. And it's, it's so a, much, it's so a to much. do with the contracts, but it's B to be. So like when I equate Washington running it back for 10 years and then finally winning, 
there's no doubt in my mind that Backstrom and 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 Braden Holpe and mm-hmm. and and Ovechkin they were gamers, right? Like they, yeah. you can mix and match the Shearies and everybody else into that lineup. And you look at the Penguins and how I thought they weren't going to win again, and then they mixed and matched some things and stuff around that core. I think it's a legitimate question yeah. whether they get in or not or how far they go or don't make it that you look at what is it about like this team needs Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah. Because Pierre-Luc Dubois in games like last night would just, you know, chew through a, a wood fence to get to the net. Yeah, it's true. And so there's just that. And some guys aren't wired that way. Like Kyle Connor, I'm fine with not being wired that way. That's not his job. It's not he does other things exceptionally well. Yeah. But that idea of bringing in Niederreier and Nemestikov and that grind element mm-hmm. to this to this team, they need a little bit more of that. Now, I thought they grinded and played good last night. When they couldn't yeah. get more done in front of the net, I thought it was mostly what Boston was doing. But yeah. in general, it's going to be a fascinating 14 games and into the offseason. You're totally right, Jim. There's so much riding on these last 13 games. And, and, it, and you're absolutely right to say that it's forced by contracts, but it's it's – even if there was, even if the contracts perhaps weren't sort of forcing the issue on this, um, I'm not so sure that there wouldn't also. If again, we I don't want to get into any sort of speculation of what these last 13 games are like. If if the Winnipeg Jets play like they have over the last six games, they should be winning those and they should be making the postseason here. Um, there's lots of possibilities, and until they get that X by their name, there's no guarantees in any in anything. Yeah. But I I'm, I'm I, I think that there would be some changes coming either way here. And I just want to wrap up on the Nick yeah. Ehlers thing. I'm getting a couple of tweets from from a, a loyal listener and a, and some texts here too. And look, it's about playing Ehlers more and shooting, sitting down Shifley and Connor back and forth. You, we can debate this, and we have for years now. They need everyone. It's not about who plays more and who doesn't and who, because regardless of the names on the jerseys, whoever's playing the best is going to play. And Nick Ehlers wasn't good last night. And Nick Ehlers was on for two goals against, and one was a direct turnover of him gaining the zone. Mm -hmm. But I've said extensively, he's had a great four or five games. Yeah. The reason Connor and Shifley played more last night is because they were way better than him last night. Yeah. Albeit the first goal was their fault. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the issue here. It's not about who's playing more and who's the coach's favorite and all that. This team is going nowhere unless they all show up consecutively and together. Which has been a struggle. It's been a struggle. And, you saw and now, early in the, now in it's the, like Wheeler's playing more. Well, Wheeler's been fine this past two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Hellebuck stole him some games. He, you know, he had a really great they weekend need them in Florida. All. They that. need Shifley, Connor, Ehlers, Wheeler, Dubois. Nemestikov, Niederreiter, the defense, they need them all, not perfect night in, night out, but they need them all playing well. It's not about who plays more, who doesn't. That's dictated by how they're playing. Pre-game at 11 o'clock. Puck drop at 1 right here on 680 CJOB, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Nashville Predators. Playoff-esque! It's a playoff game tomorrow. It's the most important game of the year. And I'll be here at 11 with Kelly and crew. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by what happens tomorrow. It's a fascinating game, and it's going to set – well, and then they're going to have St. Louis coming up right down the, on Sunday. No Jordan Binnington, though. Yeah, he's suspended because he's a nut. Uh, anyways, I actually kind of like Jordan Binnington, but he's he's just too wild. I do not. Uh, but 
I think it's a little out of hand. No, he just costs his team. He costs his team constantly. He might need some help, actually. We'll be right. Make sure. Don't miss the game tomorrow. It's going to be right here on 680 CJB. Big weekend. One play Big by play. Weekend. That's it for me. I'll be back same time on Monday. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.